Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. I would rather risk it all and stand for something than like sell a crap load of product and and stand for nothing and not do anything that matters. It's one thing to decide that. It's another thing though, when it's like everything's on the line. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. If you want to talk about putting in the work to make your dreams happen, you have to talk to my friend, Jamie Kern Lima. You might be wearing one of her products from It Cosmetics right now, but before the billion dollar brand was even a thing, yes, billion, she was a TV news anchor struggling with sensitive skin who could never find a product that actually worked for her. She created a cosmetics brand that would go on to be more than just products, but an inspired community of millions of women who share their stories of overcoming their struggles with confidence and self-worth. Can you tell why I love her? Jamie is a total powerhouse businesswoman, an inspiring speaker, and a warm spirit who is on the Gold Digger podcast today to share the real story behind the billion dollar brand. I'm so excited to talk to her about staying true to your why and navigating those seasons when you don't know if you will actually survive and why she was ashamed of the word richest. Are you ready for my friend, Jamie Kern Lima? I am so excited to introduce you to her if you don't know her already. Let's dive on in. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this year and get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash gold digger to get $10 off your first purchase. Thanks to Gusto for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll and benefits for small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Meg. Get three months for free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash gold digger. 
Jamie, when I close my eyes, I literally can feel my hand just reaching over to you as we sat at a table and the sun was shining on our backs in Puerto Rico. And so today I'm going to close my eyes as we chat and imagine that we are poolside again. Welcome to the show. Yes, Jenna. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I remember the moment sitting down next to you and you know, there's an incredible human beings out there. And sometimes when you meet them, you're like, oh, they're different than I thought. And I remember the first time I met you, I was like, oh my goodness, she is even more incredible than I could have imagined. And I am just, yeah, I am excited to be here with you and and with your community. So thank you for having me. Okay. So I'm actually really excited to hear your story. It's so funny nowadays because I feel like when we sit down at tables and there's so many people, it's like you catch blips and like snippets. And I want to know who is Jamie and how did you build what you've built? Because if anyone Googles you, they're going to see some words in there and they're going to think, wait, what? So tell me (laughs) the story behind the journey. Oh, the story behind the story. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so funny about Google, right? Or even sometimes social media, you kind of see the the headlines. And and I think, you know, for me, I spent the last decade, I, I literally started with nothing in my living room and had the most difficult first three years building my business and thought it was just going to work and thought all those things. And, and yeah, I mean, I founded a company called It Cosmetics, sold it in the largest U.S. acquisition in L'Oreal's history, over a billion dollars. And all these things are the headlines. But the real story kind of behind the story is, you know, I grew up in Washington State and neither of my parents had gone to college. And, you know, my dad worked at a factory job and had rotating shifts, like checking glass for defects. And I always just kind of had this like feeling deep inside, like I was meant to do more. And, you know, no one in my family had gone to college or anything like that. And I started just working, you know, a lot growing up. I would, I think I was an entrepreneur early on, Jenna. I don't know if you did this early on, but like I would make cookies and then try to sell them at school. for like a Oh dollar yeah. Bag. I had lemonade stands <laughs> yes. on a dirt road in rural Minnesota. A hundred percent. I did like these little lists of my Easter candy thinking like, if I keep it, could I resell it? I'm like, I don't know what was wrong with me. I was like, I things like that, but I always worked really hard. And I remember as a teenager, you know, wanting a car and my parents wouldn't get me one. So I had a bunch of jobs. I bagged groceries at a grocery store called Safeway and pushed in the carts from the parking lot and sold popcorn at the swap meet and coached gymnastics and just tried to like work as much as I could to get my first car, which was a three-cylinder Geo Metro. And it would not go up the hills in Seattle in the rain. <laughs> I'd have to back down because <laughs> it wasn't powerful enough. It was a stick shift. It was scary, but it worked. And and I ended up you know, going to college and working. I worked as a Denny's waitress in college, got fired from that job actually for talking to much, which, <laughs> um, But they, they had operational issues at that Denny's where the pancakes wouldn't come out fast enough and it would take an hour and people would be upset. And Anyways, I would talk to customers and try to get them to be happy and and I'm getting fired from Denny's, but I also worked at the deli slicing deli meat and deli cheese in college and, and just always kind of had these big dreams. And, you know, I wasn't sure, I didn't know exactly 
what they would be. And I went off to graduate school and, and everyone was doing, you know, big business internships in graduate school. And I started writing for the school paper and fell in love with other people's stories and like doing interviews. And I I thought, oh, I want to do this for my career. And so when I graduated, I took the lowest paying job probably in the history of my business school. I took a job for, this was in 2000, what year was this? 2004. I took a job for 23500 a year as a television news anchor and reporter and journalist. And, and that's what I thought I was going to do my whole career. And I did that for a few years. And then I had like this moment that a lot of entrepreneurs have where like, something becomes a huge problem in your life and you realize there's no solution for it. And you kind of have that light bulb moment of, oh, wait, I think I'm supposed to do something about this. And a lot of businesses are created that way. And a lot of ideas are created that way. And for me, Jenna, it was a skin condition called rosacea, which is bright red all over my cheeks. A lot of times it's sandpaper like texture and it's hereditary. So there's no cure for it. And I would be anchoring the news and I would hear in my ear, you know, that earpiece that you have to yeah. wear when you're live on television. And the producers would talk through my earpiece. I would be, you know, doing live breaking news or whatever it would be. And they would be talking in my ear saying, there's something on your face. There's something on your face. And I knew it wasn't, there wasn't, it was the makeup was breaking up. So under those hot HD lights and the bright redness was coming through and this problem just got worse and worse. And that's when I had this moment where I kind of became obsessed with with trying to find a solution and and spending my paycheck on every type of makeup out there, like the most expensive in the department stores and the least expensive in the drugstore. And nothing would work without looking like a thick mask or just like not covering it all. And that was when kind of my whole life changed because I had this feeling that there must be other people out there that that are frustrated with makeup or they've given it up or can't find anything that works or that are struggling with confidence or skin issues, you know, the way I was. And that was when I just became obsessed with figuring out what can I do about this? And that's when the idea for It Cosmetics was born. And I had no okay. idea how hard it would be after that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, okay, so you have the idea, turn it into a billion dollar company, but what happens next? <laughs> oh, Jenna, I love so much that you are so honest about everything. You talk about your closet with boxes. You talk because like, I just, oh, I love it because I feel like when we share like our real stories, it's like, that's how we know sometimes when we see it or hear it, it's like, oh, that's how we know it's possible for us. And, you know, I remember at the time when I, you know, went to do this, so it was the most unglamorous journey. And, you know, for all the women and and men in your community that, you know, are business owners or have ideas or want to start companies or have dreams, like, I love that you share the real stuff. And so I'm going to do that too, because I am on Miss Jenna Kutcher's podcast. And uh, so tell me the real stuff. (laughs) Okay. So like, super hard. I just thought, okay, I'm going to pour, you know, all my savings. My husband and I, we got married on our honeymoon flight to South Africa. We wrote this business plan for It Cosmetics. And I thought, okay, 
you know, we're just going to take the savings we have and I'm going to pour it all into, you know, product development, to R&D, to an advisory board. And I'm going to create a product that actually works. And I thought once I do that, like we're golden, right? And <laughs> mistake and, number one. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! So, so that's what we did, and, and and I quit my job in television news, and I didn't know anybody in the beauty industry or even in the industries I would need to create a product company. So I hired the guy who works at my TV news station, who does like the graphics that go on the news where they say like murder happened here, like the maps. <laughs> he had never designed packaging or anything else. And he came to my living room every morning at 4.30 in the morning before his full-time job. And we just sat there with his desktop computer that he would take out of the trunk of his car. And we sat there on the floor and designed the first packaging. And I would like Google, you know, like FDA compliance, you know, regulatory compliant labeling. Like I would just pray to be honest with you that I did everything right in the beginning and just did the best that I could. And, you know, we couldn't really afford to hire anyone yet, but I thought, oh, once this product is done and these prototype samples, like retailers are going to love it because it's, it's going to change lives and help so many people. So that's what I thought. (laughs) So I sent so many samples like to Sephora and Ulta Beauty and QVC and all the department stores and every single one of them said no, every single one. And I don't even know in most cases if they actually tried the product. It was just like I would either hear nothing or I would get a, you know, an email thanking me for submitting but saying it's not right for them at this time. And it started getting really real, really fast because I kind of realized, oh my gosh, okay, I can't afford to advertise. None of the retailers are carrying my product. And it's like, if people don't, you can have the best product in the world, but if people don't know it exists, it it sucks. (laughs) And so I thought like, okay, our website is going to save the day and, you know, we're going to go live and we're going to sell this and then all the retailers will hear about it and we'll finally get yeses. And my husband bought that book, HTML for Dummies, and he (laughs) designed our first website. And for anybody listening who works with a partner or a friend or a family member, (laughs) you'll understand this, but our website went live and I was so excited. Like I was freaking out. Like I thought this is going to be it. And the day it went live, we didn't get a single order. And then the next day, no orders. The next day, no orders. And I finally said to him, I'm like, it's broken. You did it wrong. <laughs> like it's broken. <laughs> and so several more days passed. And finally we got our first order and I was like running around screaming. I was so excited. And he said to me, that was me. He goes, I placed oh. order to prove to you it's not broken. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, and it was so tough. If this went on, we finally, you know, got to one order a day, sometimes two or three on a really great day. But it became what I didn't know, Jenna, is, okay, I poured all my money into product, but 
and I, I believed in our product so much. But then I was in this situation where it ended up being three years before we could pay ourselves. And we got down to under $1,000 in our bank account, which was like our company bank account and our personal one. You know, I was using my middle name. This is a great, I, I don't know if I should promote this, but <laughs> for anyone out there who can't afford to hire people yet, like I was like, how do I get publicity? What do I do? So I used, you know, my middle name is Marie. So Marie at, at Cosmetics. She got her own email address and she was like head of customer service and head of PR and would like pitch. And it was really you. That is brilliant. (laughs) And Marie would pitch like all the beauty editors and say, our founder is available for an interview. And uh, like, uh, like it was was really hard and just kind of like you do what you got to do and you figure out like, how are you going to stay alive? And that's what's super tough. And, and I guess the biggest thing that, you know, I look back on is, you know, why were all of these retailers saying no is because we were doing something that was really different at the time. So when we launched this, you know, it was before there were influencers that were, you know, doing makeup tutorials or anything. And so at the time, and it wasn't that many years ago, but at the time, all you saw out there were these kind of like photoshopped, airbrushed models in these makeup ads where you didn't even really know if they're even wearing the product, let alone if right. that's what they really look like. And that's really all that you saw in department stores or anywhere. And and, you know, I created this product and this idea where I wanted to show, you know, un-airbrushed, so real, you know, women that aren't photoshopped. And I wanted to show my own rosacea and go, look how this product works. And, you know, I wanted to show women of, of all ages and skin issues and skin types and skin tones. And whenever I would present these ideas and this marketing packaging to department stores or retailers, they would always just say, it's not the right fit. It's not going to work. And it was really tough because they all said no. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Like I would save myself so many nights crying myself to sleep if I knew then what I know now, which is like, if you're going to do anything that's actually novel or new or innovative or different or shifts culture or makes an impact, like if your idea hasn't been done before, then it's like, of course, all of these retailers, are, they're not going to get it. They're not going to go, oh yeah, that's like... Because there's nothing that's ever happened that sort of like proves to them, that gives them social proof in their mind that it's going to work because it's never been done before. And, you know, it's like because I was doing something different and positioning a product super different, it took a long time for anybody to say yes to us. But because we stuck to our guns and didn't change everything, like they would always give, when I finally started getting retailer meetings, they would say, you know, I mean, I remember a meeting Jenna at Sephora and I was like, I thought my life was going to change and I could barely afford the airplane ticket to San Francisco. And I went there in the big high rise building. And I remember feeling like I was in that movie, like Devil Wears Prada, you know what I mean? 
Like, You're this like, is my Anne Hathaway moment yes, when she yes. makes it. <laughs> yes, that's how I felt. And I remember, like, going up to their floor, which is a super high floor in this building. And I was, like, looking around. And and I was, like, oh, my gosh. I, you know, trying to pray and feel confident when I felt so out of place just because I wasn't raised around things like that and, you know, such beautiful offices. And anyhow, I knew my product was good. And and I went into that meeting and I poured my heart out. And I thought, because it was like, I needed to get a yes, or I didn't know if we were going to stay in business. And I got a no. (laughs) And I got a lot of feedback on how we need to change our packaging to make it more exclusive and use different models. And they kind of, at the time, had said, if you're going to keep this, like showing, you know, real skin issues on real women, you might want to go to the drugstores. And I'm like, you know what? Real women want real good products and real women have money and real women want things that work. Like we're, we're all real women that, you know what I mean? That I I feel like want to see someone who looks like us. And it was just tough. And it wasn't until like a single moment happened three years into our business on QVC It was like one of the biggest moments in my life, actually, where I had to either go with my gut or kind of like go with what experts were saying when everything was on the line. That was the biggest moment and probably biggest lesson in my whole journey was like this decision I made when we launched on QVC that changed everything. But until that moment, everyone had just said no. And it was super tough. Let's play a game of word association. When I say payroll processing, what's your immediate reaction? Confusing, time-consuming, the last thing you want to worry about when you have a business to run? When it comes to running payroll or filing taxes, figuring out benefits, HR, and more, try Gusto. Gusto is easy online payroll benefits and HR built for modern small businesses with all the management tools that you need in one platform. Gusto automatically files and pays all state, local, and federal payroll taxes, plus the fast, easy-to-run payroll includes W-2s and 1099s for your team, as well as tools to manage health benefits benefits, 401ks, and more for almost any budget. On average, running payroll with Gusto takes just 11 minutes and you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash gold digger. Okay, now let's play word association again. I say payroll processing, you say Gusto. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash gold digger. I keep thinking about my mom with all of this time spent apart and Mother's Day is coming up and all I want to do is just squeeze our whole family around the table to celebrate my mom and tell stories and be closer than six feet apart. This year, even if we can't be together, I'll be hearing her stories thanks to StoryWorth. StoryWorth is a fun and meaningful way to engage with family, especially with relatives you might not get to see often. This online service helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's the gift of spending time together wherever you live. StoryWorth is offering $10 off your first purchase at storyworth.com slash gold digger. Every time my mom finishes one of the writing prompts, it pops up in my email and I feel even more connected to her through her words and her memories, even if we're far away. After one year, StoryWorth compiles every answered question and photo that you've chosen to include into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped out for free. My family will treasure this book forever. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash gold digger. You'll get $10 off of your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash gold digger for $10 off. 
Okay, so let's talk about what happens next. Like, you can't just leave off there. I'm not letting this story pause. <laughs> well, it's, I just, oh my gosh, I, Jenna, I feel like you are, you yourself are shifting culture in such an impactful way for women. And it's like, whenever I see another woman doing this, I get so excited because for me, it's like, you know, everyone talks about your why, right? Like, what is your yeah. why for your business, your why for everything? And it's like, you know, for me, it kind of came all down to that. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've been hearing no for three years from everybody. I went to a beauty trade show where there was about 6,000 women in New York City. All the beauty brands were there demonstrating their products that launched that year, hoping to win an award. And QVC had a big booth there. And it's a long story that, that I'll make super short, but, you know, they had been saying no for years. And I was like, okay, this is my chance to meet them in person like just go up to the buyer there and just introduce myself and just kind of like, you know, just kind of have, you know, I don't want to say big balls. I don't know what to say. I was like, just like, do it. Like be fearless. Yes, yes, be fearless. And, you know, I was at my, you get a three foot table where you can demonstrate your product and, you know, it's every big brand there. And then I'm there with It Cosmetics, which no one had ever heard of. And, and I was just hoping that maybe a, a retailer would stop by and try the product or something. Meanwhile, you're not supposed to leave your three foot booth. And, and I didn't want to get kicked out, but I was like, I have to go to QVC. I have to meet them. And I kept sneaking away from my booth. And every time I would do that, the buyer was busy and like a crowd around her. I finally snuck away, went up to her, introduced myself. I was like shaking. Have you ever talked to someone you're so nervous, like sweats running down your body? And oh, you're like, yeah. this is so disgusting. <laughs> it's like, I was just freaking out, praying for the right words to say, because it wasn't just like, oh, I want to be on QVC. It was like, I don't know how my company is going to stay alive. And I just felt like QVC could be the perfect partner because they're live. You know, they're live. Display, you can show it. Exactly. You can prove yes. it. It's like, yes. oh, your product's good. Prove it live, right? And that yes. was my whole dream. And my dream was also to show all different types of women and, and call them aspirational models. And yeah. that had never been done even on QVC before. And so went up to the buyer, had this great conversation. She was super nice, gave me her card, said, let's have a meeting. But like, then I went back to my table, not knowing if she really meant it and rehearsed. You know how you go over in your head, did I say the right things? Did I, what yes. should I have done? All that. While I was doing all that, a QVC show host came up to me and apparently I had talked to her earlier, but didn't even realize it because I wasn't like present and I was just focused on trying to get away and go to the booth. She came up to me and said, you know, I tried your concealer earlier and I love it. I think our QVC gals need it at home. And I just want you to know, I went up to the buyer and I told her that she needs to have you on. And I just looked at the show host. Her name is Lisa Mason. I looked at her. And I started sobbing and mm. she, then I think I freaked her out. Cause she's like, oh, I don't have any power. I can't do, you know, like I can't. And I was like, thank you. And, um, <laughs> and long story short, uh, QVC is in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So flew out there, got a yes, which was our first yes, first big yes. And, but Jenna, what it meant and why it became like, the scariest moment in my entire business career 
was because QVC was going to give us one shot and it's a 10 minute window, meaning you go live on air for 10 minutes in front of 100 million homes, but beauty is consignment on QVC. So the issue was, okay, we were selling one to two, maybe three orders a day on our website. We had to manufacture, ship, get in the QVC approved packaging, QVC approved third party labs, everything. 6,000 units of our concealer to sell in 10 minutes to hit their sales goal (laughs) or not come back. And Mm. like there's a famous saying in business, never take a purchase order you can't afford to lose, which you should never do. Like no one should (laughs) ever do this. We're not advising this, but. (laughs) Do not do it. Like I tell, I mentor so many women and I always tell them you have to plan that you could lose this and you have yeah. to be okay with it. Otherwise, don't accept it. Don't accept this purchase order. Don't, ex- don't do consignment. Anyhow, it felt though after three years, I mean, we were down to under a thousand dollars, right? In our bank account. And it just felt like it was this or nothing because everyone had said no. And so here's the hard part and the pivotal moment. You know, we took out a loan to, you know, get 6,000 units of concealer. I had 10 minutes to sell it all and not come back. And the issue is if you go live on air and, you know, your clock starts at 10 minutes and let's just say you're a minute in and it's not doing well, they will cut your time live. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden you'll see your clock go to four minutes or down to two minutes and you know, it's not doing well. And then anything that doesn't sell, you have to take back. QVC is like, if you try to sell, nothing sells. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Like if you do anything that's not it's a science. Yes. Yes. And, and also like, Customers are so smart and they know like you can't fake authenticity. So if you go on there and, you know, and say anything other than what your product is, it's not going to do well. Or if it does well, they'll ship it off. They'll return it all. You know what I mean? So it's like, it was the most stressful thing. And, And the reason why is because we met with these consultants who help a lot of people like do really well selling on TV and they're awesome. They help so many people. And when we met with them, they all had said the same thing, which is, okay, if you're going to do, if you're going to have a chance, because most people fail at selling on TV, but they're saying, if you're going to have a chance to do well selling in beauty, here's the formula you need to follow. And here is, because that's what's always and only ever worked, which is, okay, you're going to use, you know, three to four models that are all, you know, you know, in their early twenties with perfect skin mm-hmm. and you're going to do uh, you know, and, and I'm like, yep. okay, but that's not why I created this product, you know? And it's like, I had this big struggle because I'm like, listen, I want to show everyone watching. Like I want to show them my bright red rosacea and like show them live how this works. And they're like, okay, but if, you know, and we would argue about it and it's like, yeah. they, they wanted us to win and all that had ever worked was what they were saying to do. So I got it. And it was so difficult to decide because really everything in our business was on the line. Like it was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like the fate of our company, but also just like our money. Like we had a tiny bit of money from friends and family in the beginning, all of it was on the line. And I just, I flew out a week early and I sat by myself in this rental car in the parking lot of QVC for a week. And I just sat there and just like tried to envision how the whole 
you know, Sal was going to go and prayed. And like, I just felt so much pressure because I've, I felt like, okay, you know, if I go with what the experts are saying, like this might do really well and we might stay in business. And we, But on the flip side, it's like, but then it's not why I created this. And you know what I mean? It, and it was, it was so hard. And I would imagine, you know, and I actually always do this to this day, but I would imagine like, who is that woman I'm talking to? And, you know, and if I have just 10 minutes, like what it came down to Jenna was like, I would even imagine like, okay, what if she is a stay at home mom in Nebraska and she's, you know, folding laundry and she looks up at her TV and sees me like, what do I want her to see? And it came down to like, okay, for so many women, for so many years, for so many generations, women have forgotten they're beautiful. They've forgotten they matter. They have never felt beautiful or not in a long time. And I was like, I want her to look up and see on her TV, my bright red rosacea. I want her to see women of every age, every size, every skin problem, skin tone, you name it. And I just, it was this moment where I realized I would rather like risk it all and stand for something Mm -hmm. than like sell a crap load of product and and stand for nothing and do what everyone else is doing and not do anything that matters. And it's like, it's one thing to decide that. It's another thing though, when it's like, everything's on the line. (laughs) And I remember it was finally the moment where, and that the host that discovered us at the beauty show, they paired me with her for our 10 minutes, which was amazing. She had been there 17 years on QVC, and then she retired right after our first show. But anyway, yeah. but they paired me with her, and, and I was like so nervous and like overly produced and type A about like what I was going to do in every second. And I walked up to her with this whole rundown because you get like a two minute meeting before your show because they meet with every person for the hours that they're on ahead of time. But it's fast. Your producer meetings fast. And I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. So we're going to open with, you know, this and that. And she's like, cut me off super fast. And she's like, thank you, honey, but here's what we're going to do. And she told me flat out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, okay, at that point you just pray. Right. Cause I was like, I don't know if she knows everything's on the line, but like at that point, what do you do? And I just yeah. prayed like crazy. And she's such a pro. She knew what she was doing. And the clock started at, at the 10 minute mark. And I just like, my face was so red, even more red than normal. Cause I wasn't nervous for television at all because you know, I'd done that for my career. It was just that everything was on the line. And I remember like I showed every model of different ages and skin tones and, and then my bright red bare face came up on national television. And I was like, you know, and got to show why I created it. And I remember it was like close to the nine minute mark. And the host said, okay, the deep shade is sold out. Okay. The medium shade is sold out. And I was like freaking out. And at the <sighs> Like right at the 10 minute mark, the sold out sign came up across the screen. I start crying. They cut. I start crying. They cut. And I was just like, and my I remember my husband came running in the studio and he's like, we're not because he was in the green room watching the show and he comes running in the studio. He's like, we're not going bankrupt. And I'm like, real women have spoken. And I was like crying. And Jackie, who is employee number one, our first employee, who's still with the company, runs two departments. She's one of the three women that go on QVC now. She was crying. Like, it was crazy because we kind of like stuck with 
what really mattered. And then what ended up happening was that one airing led to five that year and then 101 the next year. And then the last eight years, we've done 250 live shows a year, created the largest beauty brand in QVC history, which it is to this day right now. And it's like, and then, you know, got yeses from Ulta and Sephora and everywhere else. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, when you look back and, and it's like now all of the retailers, the department stores, everybody uses images that show real different ages and different, you know, skin challenges and real un- airbrushed, unphotoshopped, you know, women. And I'm so grateful, you know, for whatever part I helped play in that. But it's like, oh, my gosh because I didn't listen to everyone saying, change this, change that, use these types of models, change your packaging, make it way higher end. It's too like accessible or inclusive because I didn't change any of that. We actually were able to build something that really resonated and mattered. And then we grew and grew and grew and grew became the second largest luxury makeup company in the country. And then (laughs) L'Oreal and then L'Oreal and, it's been a, and a lot of burnout. I don't even know. There's so much to share, but a lot of burnout in between all that and just, you know, hiring and growth and making a million mistakes and all that good stuff. One thing that I think is so amazing about your story is your conviction to your why. And I think a lot of times when people create something, they start looking at mentors and they look at the strategies and the step-by-step processes and they think, okay, this is how I have to do that. And when I was closing my eyes and listening to you and thinking about, okay, there's this expert that has done this a million times and they're telling me this is how it needs to be done, but I don't believe that or I don't agree with it. How did you stay so so like focused in on your why, because I think it'd be so easy for people to be like, Hey, this person knows what they're doing. I'm going to drop what I think. I'm just going to trust them. And it could really have, it could have changed everything. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And it's so tempting, right? Especially because everyone has an opinion or now on on social media, it just looks like everyone's doing well. And so like they must know what they're doing. And, and half the time, you know, you never have the true real story. For me, I think when you really peel back the layers on, on what your why is for your dream or your business or like it has to be so powerful that like nothing can shift it. And if other people's opinions can shift it, then it's not a powerful enough why. I remember, you know, early on, we, you know, when we were down to under a thousand dollars, we had an interest from a potential investor, the private equity company. And, you know, we got really far along in the meetings and I was so desperate and hopeful they would invest because I didn't know how we were going to stay alive. And we had, you know, had all these meetings, brought lawyers on board and did diligence. And then they ended up saying no. And I'll never forget, I stood next to the investor. He was like three feet from me and my husband was on the other side and we were on the sidewalk and they had invested in tons of really great consumer product companies. And and I thought they were going to say yes. And he said, we've decided to pass on the investment. And I said, okay, you know, can you give feedback? And he said, well, if you want me to be honest, I'm just not sure women would buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And he was being so honest. But I remember in that moment, of course it hurt, of course, you know, but I remember just having this knowing deep down inside, like, he's wrong. 
(laughs) And I mean, I had weak moments after that where I would, you know, Google all the people that are my, you know, mentors and heroes and all that. And it would be like, you know, if Oprah's weight, you know, if she lost weight, would her show get better ratings? No, like, like, no, this can't be right. Like it didn't sit well in my gut. And it's like people like him, it's like, had I, you know, gone on this crazy diet to try and get an investor it goes against my why because my why was to shift culture and beauty to be one that's way more inclusive that shifts the images that women see of what's being called aspirational and you know that shifts formulas around products that work and and that kind of why was so strong and honestly like if your why isn't strong enough that's one of the things I would really focus on figuring out and peeling back the layers on because, you know, even when we started getting all this success on QVC, it started getting really hard. And if it weren't for my why, and what I mean by that is, you know, I started working hundred hour weeks and I did hundred hour weeks for 10 years, which I probably like, if I could look back, it's one of the things that I pray every day that it didn't affect my health. You know, I don't know. I just pray that it didn't, but you know, my husband and I, we, I was doing like IVF and fertility and nobody knew, and we weren't getting pregnant and we were just having a lot of struggles. Meanwhile, I was just like, all in 100 hour weeks trying to build this business and then doing 250 live shows a year myself on QVC while hiring. We hired over a thousand employees and across the country and kind of like running the business from the green room. And there would be days, Jenna, where like I had, I shouldn't say had to, I got the blessing of being able to, to go on QVC for these, you know, 36 hour straight today's special values where you walk in the building and you go on live at midnight, but for 24 hours, but you're there many hours in advance for meetings and preparation. But, you know, you don't leave for 36 hours and you have this sales pressure of millions of dollars on your shoulders that day, knowing if it doesn't hit goal, you might get the item pulled off air and all shipped back to you. And you have all that pressure. And I was so burnt out for several years. And the only thing that got me through it was my why. Like I would sit there in the green room with stacks of letters and, you know, messages, emails, DMs from customers, from real women all over that, you know, share their real stories about how, you know, they feel beautiful for the first time or the first time in a long time. And it's not the makeup, it's more just the messaging of, you know, that they are (laughs) And, and, and that they see themselves in our brand. And It's like, that's how I got through all that because money isn't enough to get you through, you know, hard times and burnout. It's like, it's not a big enough motivator to not give up. And so for me, I think your why, you know, has to be super strong. And I think, you know, again, if someone hasn't really, really figured out that why for them that's strong enough to not give up. That's like something really worth investing time in for sure. Well, I think that's so apparent in every step and decision you made. And I want to pivot slightly because I remember when I first met you, I did what everyone else does and start stalking. And I remember when I landed on your post with the Forbes cover 
with the title, The Richest Self-Made Women, and your photograph on it. And I remember reading your caption talking about how you hid it and you didn't want anyone to know. And that word just felt icky to you. Can you just talk to me about what, you know, being on both ends of the spectrum, not knowing if you're going to survive to all of a sudden being one of the self-made richest women. What was that like? Because you didn't change, but a lot in your world did. Yeah, that was really a crazy experience. Like I grew up thinking these things happen to other people. Do you know what I mean? Like I would be in the, you know, grocery checkout lane and see these magazines and think like, you know, of course I would dream about it and think, Oh, you know, imagine, but like deep down inside, I think I always thought, Oh, that happens, you know, to other people or people who are qualified or come from a certain family or whatever it is, have money, you know, whatever it is. So I, you know, we were super burnt out after how this Forbes thing all happened is, you know, it had been, you know, 10 years of hundred hour weeks. And, and I thought, okay, you know, maybe we'll go public because we were getting pretty large finally as a company. But if you go public, you still run the business and you're still, you know, now at the mercy of quarterly earnings calls and investor, like it's even more stress. And I thought, okay, I love our message and what we're building, but like we started launching in other countries internally doing it out of our own office. And I realized, oh my goodness, it is so much work because every single country around the world has different HR laws and regulatory compliance laws. We're trying to just navigate it all. And I realized, you know, if we do it ourselves, it's going to go a lot slower. If we, you know, partner with someone like L'Oreal or a huge beauty company, they already have people on the ground and, you know, over a hundred countries and they can instantly, you know, scale, not just your business, but also your message and your impact that you're having. And in our case on girls and women everywhere, which was my passion. And long story short, we started meeting with L'Oreal three years before they bought us. And they actually initially wanted us to change our packaging and our, all those things as well. And it's like, wow, I, you know, they acquired, they ended up buying our company three years ago was their largest U S acquisition in history. And they paid $1.2 billion all cash for it. They made me their first female CEO in their hundred plus year history. And I remember at the time when it happened thinking like, wow, had we even listened to them early on about changing, we would be doing what everyone else is doing. And they probably would have never bought our company. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Mm -hmm. just another thing about sticking to it. But when that deal happened, I hadn't, obviously we were going to share, you know, the partnership with our employees and, but like we weren't planning on the deal terms ever being public. And the night before the acquisition, we got a phone call, you know, L'Oreal is a public company and they had decided, made the decision to announce the purchase price. And I was like, no, no, because, you know, I had heard all these stories about, you know, if you, especially if you're someone that, you know, doesn't come from a situation like that, that it can cause a lot of trauma to friends and family and relationships. And everyone comes out of the woodwork and thinks you're an ATM machine and thinks you must just have $1.2 billion cash in your pocket right now. And like, like, you know what I mean? And I was just, it was really a crazy 24 hours, but the day of the acquisition, L'Oreal announced the, the purchase price. And After that, a lot happened, but one of the things that happened was Forbes called our PR team at It Cosmetics and they also wrote an email 
And they said, you know, here's what we're estimating Jamie's net worth is to be. And we're going to publish this in our article about the 60 richest self-made women. (laughs) And I'm like, what? I'm like, first of all, there's no way they could know anything because they don't, you know, it wasn't made public how many investors we have or who owned what shares or anything. Right. So I'm like, they can't know. And, and, you know, I had my team respond back to them that I wasn't interested in the article or, you know, and to thank them for their time. And then Forbes replied and said, well, you know, they believe in the integrity of their list and otherwise it's not a true list. So they publish their estimates no matter what, whether you talk to them or not. And they have enough supporting data to publish the number they're going to publish. And I freaked out, like freaked out about it. And, you know, they, they asked, you know, like, you know, what part of it does Jamie own versus her husband? Like all of these questions, which to this day, I've never, I've never commented on money or talked to them about money. And so when they said they were going to publish the article, you know, I had our head of PR share with them. Well, you know, if you want to share our story and get our messaging out there, that would be great. But Jamie's not going to talk about money. And so long story short, they published a really great article. The reporter was awesome who worked there and never talked about money or anything, but their list came out. And I think, Jenna, there's like this, I realize there's this weird thing about women and money. And the funny thing that the reporter said to me is like, you know, she was trying to understand why I didn't want to comment on money. And she says, you know, all of the women on our list, you know, most all of them don't want to be part of the list. And she Mm -hmm. said, but all of the men, all they do is call and say the number needs to be higher. (laughs) <laughs> and they argue. <laughs> I'm like, that's what is that about, right? And anyways, what happened was I hit it. So like anytime anyone would ask about it or the PR team at Cosmetics would, you know, do an introduction or whatever, anytime that Forbes was referenced, like we even changed the name of it and how we referenced it to most successful women, self-made women. Like I hid the word richest. I was like embarrassed. I thought I just, and then I had this realization just this year where I thought, oh my gosh, like, what have I been doing? Like meaning, you know, me hiding my success like that, or being ashamed of it or minimizing it or dimming my own light. Like all that does is act as a disservice to other girls and other women, because like so many times in our life, we have to see someone else's story or see what's possible for us to believe it for ourselves. And I'm like hiding it and dimming it. And, and how many women out there or girls out there that are like me and don't come from, you know, you know, families that have had a lot of success or they don't feel qualified or they don't feel enough. Like I'm hiding what's possible from them. And I just had this huge aha moment where, you know what, like it was just this year. I'm like, I'm not going to hide it anymore because I don't want to take that away from other people who have big dreams. And sure, when you have stuff out there, you get haters and whatever, but like, I'm going to just deal with it because I just think women, we've dimmed our own light you know, to be quiet and polite and gracious and grateful and minimize our successes. And all that does is rob other women of stories of what's possible for them and examples. And it's like, 
you know, I'm sure so many women in your community right now see what's possible because they see what Jenna's done and how Jenna's doing it. And it's like, you know, so many times in my life, like I look to Oprah and I see what's possible and other women like you and so many of my friends. And it's like, if we actually hit our stories, that makes no sense. So I had a big epiphany and I'm like, I'm going to stop dimming my light, (laughs) you know, because it's really, again, not about me, right? It's about, you know, just if it helps other people see what's possible, other people who've dealt with like being told they're not enough or their body isn't right or their idea isn't going to work or or maybe it's just they're underestimating themselves, which we all do sometimes. Like I'm not going to dim that anymore for them. Hmm. That's my four situations. I, <laughs> I feel like that is a mic drop moment. Jamie, thank you so much for just sharing your story. Where can everybody find out about you and learn more about the amazing woman that I've fallen in love with? Oh, I mean, I am on my own Instagram now. For a lot of years, it was at Cosmetics and a big team. But my Instagram, which is uh, Jamie Kern Lima, that is where I'm on and active. So that is the best place right now. And I am in love with you, Jenna. I am so just as another woman, and I know I speak for millions of women out there, but like, I am so inspired by you and just proud, you know, of who you are, of what you're doing, of how you're shifting culture in so many ways around women being financially free around, you know, confidence And I just adore you. (laughs) Hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited for people to listen in and hear your story. Yay. Thank you, Jenna. I don't know about you, but I was literally on the edge of my seat during that entire interview wondering what's going to happen next. Is she going to get a yes? Is she going to sell out? Are they going to survive? And how the heck did they turn this dream that started in her living room into a billion dollar business? I love Jamie's point at the end that we as women need not shy away from success because when we step into our power, we elevate one another and show what is truly possible. I am so grateful that I get to interview women like Jamie Kern Lima on this podcast and call it a job. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Get out there and show the world what's possible when you believe in something so much that you will not waver. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'll talk to you soon. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 